Hello and welcome to episode 25 of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith and joining me on this journey into the Yeohiverse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath, Mike DiCruccio. How'd you know, Mike? Oh, you know, surviving. Hanging in there. Uh, if you can't, if you can hear in my voice, I'm a little, I'm a sick little guy today. Okay, I, I honestly, I can't hear it that much, but really, uh, you know, in in your general demeanor, I can sense like a, like a something is amiss. You like know? I'd rather be asleep. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good. I guess of all the days uh, for this to happen for this episode for a movie that Michelle Yeoh is in 30 seconds of. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just power through, you know? Sure, yeah. Let's uh, let's try to keep this episode under an hour. I think yeah. maybe even less than that. Uh, I think you know, we can do that. To, to get Mike D back to bed. And also because, like you're saying, Mike, uh, you know, we're talking about a movie that Michelle Yeoh is technically not even in. True, true. You know? So you may be wondering, well, why are we covering it? <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about it right now? Uh, well, Michelle Yeoh was not in the theatrical cut of this movie when it was released in 2006. However... She did film a brief scene for it, and that scene is included in the director's cut of the movie, which was released on DVD two years later in 2008. So that is the cut of the movie that we're talking about today. Yes, that's right. Uh, ever the completionist here at the complete works. Exactly. Yes. If we if if Shaolin Popey two messy temple gets to get covered in this podcast, so does this movie. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> uh, so today's film is a martial arts epic featuring Jet Li in the lead role, who we last talked about back in 1993 for Tai Chi Master, but who at this point has made the jump to American action movies like Lethal Weapon 4, Romeo Must Die, Kiss of the Dragon, and of course, Cradle to the Grave. That's right. Can't forget the two. Of course. Uh, Because of his new star power, uh, some U.S. theaters actually gave him billing above the title in an effort to sell more tickets. So today, it's time to talk about Jet Li's Fearless. From the producers of Hero and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Jet Li in his final martial arts epic. tells the story of Hu Yunjia, a real-life legendary martial artist and the co-founder of the Chin Wu Athletic Association, a well-known martial arts school in Shanghai. The film is an exaggerated and fictionalized account of his life, which did not sit well with the descendants of Hu Yunjia, who oh. actually tried to sue Jet Li and the film's producers for its inaccurate portrayal of their ancestor. You know, I guess that tracks. <laughs> When you think about it, <laughs> I think they were especially uh, annoyed at the idea that, uh, you know, he like because of his actions, his daughter and mother were killed. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that was that was a big part of it. Uh, the lawsuit was, however, dismissed. Uh, Jet Li and the producers did not have to pay the family or anything. Uh, so Michelle Yeoh did not appear in the movie uh, when audiences saw it in theaters. But if you watch the director's cut, you'll see her. Right up front in the opening scene, uh, she plays Miss Yang, a woman in the present day, giving a presentation on Wushu in an attempt to turn it into an Olympic sport, uh, which then leads into the flashbacks, which make up the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's a fun little flashback within a flashback within a flashback structure at the beginning yes, of this movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I watched this with a friend of mine an hour and a half into it. He was like, hey, is Michelle Yeoh ever coming back? <laughs> And I was like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, the answer, of course, is yes. She yeah. she does make a brief appearance in a post credit scene uh, <laughs> yep. at, at the end of the movie. Uh, but that is it. That's all the Michelle Yeoh you get uh, in Jet Li's Fearless. Yeah, but it's worth it, you know? 
Yeah, she's good in it. She's, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, but Jet Li, of course, is the star of this thing, playing Hu Yunja, and of course, that makes this a Tai Chi master reunion. Other cast members include Nakamura Shido II from films like Letters to Iwo Jima. He plays Tanaka, uh, the Japanese champion he fights at the end of the movie. Fun fact, uh, this actor, Nakamura Shido II, also the guy who uh, does the voice for Venom in the Japanese dub of the movie Venom. Whoa, that's pretty cool. That's a that pretty guy, fun detail. He was real good in this, that guy. I like. He him. is very good. He's very good. He also plays uh, in the live-action Death Note movies that were made in Japan. He plays Ryuk, the demon. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, pretty neat. Uh, Colin Chow, who played Seraph in the Matrix sequels, uh, plays Endy, uh, Yunja's father uh, in the movie. Nathan Jones, uh, who was Immortanjo's large son, Rictus Erectus, in Mad Max Fury Road. That's who that was. Yep, he plays the American boxer Hercules O'Brien. Incredible name right there. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, pa He Ching from The Way We Are plays Yun Jia's mother. Anthony DeLongis, a sword trainer for several Hollywood films. He actually taught Michelle Pfeiffer how to use her wit for Batman Returns. Uh, and he was also in Roadhouse. Uh, he plays Anthony Garcia, the Spanish fencer. Masato Harada from The Last Samurai plays Mr. Mita, the man who ultimately poisons Yun Jia at the end of the movie. Uh, John T. Ben from The Way of the Dragon plays the American businessman. And Chen Zi Hui plays Master Chin, the martial arts master that Yun Jia kills, and I'm mentioning that because that actor was also an extra in Wing Chun, so there's a Yo reunion in there, too. Look at that. Yes. Uh, and speaking of, should mention that there is another Michelle Yeoh reunion happening here, Mike. Uh, Yun Wu Ping, director of Tai Chi Master and Wing Chun and choreographer for Crashing Tiger Hidden Dragon, also choreographed this movie. That all tracks, honestly. It all makes sense, right? Did you, did all, you know that already, or is that uh, new information? That is new information to me, but a lot of stuff is clicking into place about yes. the, the fights in this movie. Yeah, once you see that, I, I was I knew that going in, and I was watching the movie, and I was thinking to myself, is Yun Wu Ping the greatest action choreographer of all time? I think... <laughs> The answer is yes. There's a, there's a case to be made. He's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So Fearless was written by Chris Chow, Christine To, Wang Bing, and Li Feng. And it was directed by Ronnie Yu, a Hong Kong director who made the jump to American films in the mid-90s. Uh, he directed movies like Warriors of Virtue, uh, which is the uh, kangaroo martial arts movie. Oh, my God. The uh, what? The, the You heard me right. The kangaroo martial arts movie. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but for horror fans, he also directed Bride of Chucky and uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about bre breath containing yes. multitudes. Range. That's that's there, right there. Uh, so Freddy vs. Jason was actually his previous film, uh, released three years earlier. Uh, his next film would be a Hong Kong film called Saving General Yang in 2013. Uh, Fearless was released in America on September 22nd, 2006, uh, and it opened to number two at the box office, actually. Wow. opening. Yeah, doing pretty good, actually. Opening to number one, though, some pretty stiff competition. Jackass number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Can't be denied. So, yeah, that's that's pretty great. Uh, also opening up that weekend uh, were the World War One drama Flyboys at number four and All the King's Men with Sean Penn and Jude Law at number seven. Who could forget it? Yes, uh, I, a lot. Of that, that was a, no, a notorious flop that was meant to be like an Oscar player. Uh, all the Kingsmen. <laughs> Whoop. Uh, yeah, didn't work out. Also in the top 10 were Gridiron Gang, Everyone's Hero, The Black Dahlia, The Illusionist, The Covenant, and Little Miss Sunshine. Pretty solid. Yeah, it's all right. There's some solid stuff in there. Little Miss Sunshine kind of doing a lot there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the IMD plot synopsis for Fearless reads... A biography of Chinese martial arts master Hu Yin Jia, who is the founder and spiritual guru of the Jin Wu Sports Federation. Uh, so, Mike, what were you expecting going into Fearless? I know the runtime for this was a little daunting. Um, yeah. This is like a two-hour, 20-minute movie coming off right after Memoirs of a Geisha, which is also like a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that in itself is a little daunting. Uh, and I knew that uh, we, were, we had to make sure we were watching the director's cut because that's the version that Michelle Yeoh was in. Right. Uh, and and so I wasn't sure, like, oh, if it was going to be like one of those kind of bloated extra cuts with a lot of extra stuff in there that wasn't really needed or whatever. Uh, so what were your overall thoughts on Fearless? Yeah, I mean, Fearless ends up uh, being, I think, really great. I didn't know. I don't know any of the particulars of the like actual history of this of person and this like story and stuff. So like, you know, hearing that his family was like mad enough to sue and all that, I guess it ultimately is dismissed. But that's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, it, so it starts with the Michelle Yeoh and I'm like, all right, here we go. And then it's like immediate title card, like Shanghai 1910. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> right, right. Because Michelle Yeoh is like, you know, she's obviously in the present day. You yeah. Know, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's like, and that's why Wushu should be in the Olympics. And then it's like Shanghai 1910. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> 
Go well. Um, it is sort of, uh, it reminded me of some of the other movies, you know, I guess we'll get into that later, but the kind of ability for this movie to feel at once very epic and also very personal, there's like, I don't know, three or four main characters that kind of recur through the whole movie, but it spans an entire lifetime. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a lifetime cut short, but so over 45 years or whatever it covers uh, yeah. as this character as a young boy getting into like alley fights and all that. And then ultimately becoming the you know world champion or trying to become the world champion and all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's a great martial arts movie, um, not least of which because of Young Wu Ping. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's also a great like, sports movie like it's it's basically yeah. just like a boxing movie for i mean sort of you know that kind of structure where it's just like bout after bout after bout um, right kind of thing and, and some of it literally just in like comedic montage because he's so good at it uh which is very funny so yeah i mean i it's two and a half hours and or just about and it kind of does fly by if it, it feels you know it feels like it's got it's got a pace, and I can't imagine what the what the theatrical version is because nothing feels like obviously extraneous. You know, I don't really know. Like, right? You'd be like, oh, this scene could be cut. Like, oh, this is obviously some extra bullshit. But uh, yeah, I don't know what. Uh, is it just the Michelle Yeoh opening and closer? Because that'd be pretty weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really, I actually ended up really liking Fearless. Nice. Yeah, I also really loved Fearless. Uh, I know the theatrical cut was uh, about an hour 45. So that wow. they, yeah, about, about 40 minutes were cut out of this movie when it was put into theaters, which was largely just due to like market demand. Like, you know, if yeah. you want to put it in theaters, got to be an hour 45 so you can get more showings in and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's like a, a long list on Wikipedia about like the differences between the theatrical and the director's cut. So obviously the Michelle Yeoh stuff, Taken out of the movie doesn't uh, doesn't have that. Uh, we see. Uh, I think a lot of the first act is cut out. Um, mm, that makes sense, I guess. You know, which uh, which I think is kind of upset, like uh, upsetting. Whatever. Like I, I watched the director's cut. It was great. W- watching this, I like. I think the first hour of this movie is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like I was I was so in. I think the rest of it is also very good. But that first hour I was just so like locked in uh with everything the movie was doing uh with Jet Li as this character who grows up uh you know wanting to be the greatest at Wushu but wanting to do it for the wrong reasons, right? He like wants to just defeat his bullies. He wants people to fear him. He wants to bring respect to his family's name uh and it's not for like, you know, we learn this so we don't have to do it kind of thing. Is that right. sort of the idea behind it? Uh and so you're seeing him do this and he he is becoming the best at it, and you're seeing him just destroy these people uh, uh, to the point where it becomes detrimental to his own life, and yeah. like you know, to the point where it ruins everything for him. His mother dies, and his daughter dies, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that uh, everything through that that first hour just unbelievable, so so good. I think then the movie slows down. Um, I think by necessity, like it has to, um, because this is where the story is going. Like he, he leaves and goes into exile for several years and, uh, kind of becomes one with himself, uh, in this small village, then, you know, starts to returns to his hometown and like starts his school and then become like, you know, becomes a well-renowned figure and all that kind of stuff. But that first hour, man, it's incredible. Yeah. And the relationship between him and his friend, brother, other guy, other kid that works at the, lives at the temple with him. Uh, yeah. Best friend best friend yeah and like the, the the parallel paths that he becomes the smart businessman and and runs that restaurant and becomes rich and all that parallel to uh jet lee's character the way that they ultimately have to reconcile and come together and work as a team to found this this school so yeah i think i think it'd be wild to see this movie without all that foundation of the first act where they're kids and then get, you know kind of becoming adults at the same time all that's kind of meaningless <laughs> in the second or third <laughs> act where they're like talking about their deep history together and you right. haven't seen any of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but And then also just the action sequences are incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Young Pink's choreography. And it, it feels very brutal in this movie. Definitely. Um, com- compared to some of the other ones we've seen. Like, you know, Young Ping had obviously directed Tai Chi Master, directed Wing Chun, uh, both of which are pretty wacky, like as far as, I yeah. mean, tai, tai Chi, I, I think this is closer to Tai Chi Master than anything else uh, of the other Yun Wu Ping stuff. Both have pathos to them, but like Wing Chun especially is like a very wacky movie. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Crouching Tiger, which is a very graceful movie, right? You have mm. this like, you know, very artistic battle sequences, like these incredible fights, um, but that are heavily stylized, heavily choreographed, uh, but that feel very balletic. Uh, and in this one, everything just feels like this guy's going to wreck some people. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's a lot of like broken arms and bones yes. and stuff in this. Yeah. <laughs> like arms being twisted the way they're not supposed to be twisted and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
And especially the the scene when he's like, Jet Li's like, this is taking too long. Everybody that has signed up to fight, get up here right now. And he just like whoops 30 dudes ass. Yes. Like amazing. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is what is cut. I think the scene where he uh, fights against the, his childhood bully and like beats him. Yeah. Um, I think I think that scene's cut out, uh, which what? stinks because that's an incredible fight scene. Yeah. Uh, I, be- I believe that scene's cut out. I think the sequences of his like kind of school, like, you know, in that first hour uh, coming together and like, you know, all his disciples coming coming to him. I think a lot of that is cut, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. And uh, that a lot of that just feels like so essential for what the movie is afterwards to me. Yeah, there's a whole a whole payoff to that where so he beats his bully. Right. And then he uh, makes his bully promise to never talk about whatever type of wushu he knows and only ever talk about the greatness of mine, you know? Right. And then there's that scene at the end, towards the end when he's talking to Tanaka and Tanaka's asking him like, well, in your opinion, what's the greatest school of wushu? And he's like, there is no great school. Like, you know, he's come so far that he recognizes the great battle is within. It doesn't right. matter what wushu you know. So how are you going to pay off in the third act if it's not in the first act? If it's not in the first act, yeah. I mean, maybe they cut that scene too. I don't What the I don't fuck? Know. Movie uh, needs more Tanaka because he's yeah. great. Tanaka is really fantastic in this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think when the theatrical cut came out, like it opened to number two at the box office, it made money. Uh, I think it uh, did, like, got kind of got like mixed to positive reviews. Like people liked it, but they weren't like, you know, over the moon about it. I think the director's cut, like two years later, was really much like, oh, wow, this is like a, a big improvement than what was previously here. And I think I saw on, on Wikipedia that it was like billed as, as Jet Li's like final martial arts epic movie. Um, okay. Which is interesting. I don't know if, if I have I didn't look at his filmography. I don't know if you know off the top of your head. Did he did he continue to make martial arts movies after this? I don't I, know. I feel like I mean I I don't know for that for a fact, but I feel like he must have. I feel like he's <laughs> like, in Expendable, isn't he? He's so I mean he, he's in the Expendables, which isn't really a martial arts movie, no, but uh, but he's probably doing more. I, I've actually not seen the Expendables movies. Really? Um, I have not. Yeah. Um, no. A- <laughs> after this, I mean, he makes the Warlords, uh, which is a war movie. He makes War. Uh, which is a thriller. He makes The Forbidden Kingdom, uh, which is a wuxia movie. So mm. there's that. Got Jackie yeah. Chan and Jet Li. Oh, I uh, remember that movie, actually. Yeah, actually, actually I do. I, that is like ringing a bell now that I'm like reading it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The Forbidden Kingdom. There you go. Uh, I think my friends and I tried to sneak into a movie, and I don't remember what movie it was, but we had bought tickets to Forbidden Kingdom because it was PG, like it wasn't R, obviously. Okay. And we got caught, and we had to go sit and watch Forbidden Kingdom. And I was the only one that was like, this movie kind of rocks. And everyone cool. <laughs> was like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> it was kind of uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, he has a movie called Flying Swords at Dragon Gate. That looks that looks like it's also a Wushu movie. With that title, it couldn't be anything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a romantic know? comedy, actually. Uh, but I think you are right. I mean, there's less uh, martial arts stuff uh, after this, I think. Yeah, uh, and I guess sure. in terms of like the big, sprawling, historical epic movies, maybe he's not making as many as that. Because he was I, also I, in all the uh, Once Upon a Time in China movies, or some right. of them, at least. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And plus, he's kind of making the transition to American movies at this True. point, right? So he's making a lot more of that kind of stuff. He does the Expendables. He has the Mummy Three, which we'll be talking about on this podcast Can't uh, in, wait. The, in the near future. Uh, the the long awaited reunion of Michelle Yeoh and Jet Li, uh, because they really do not get to reunite in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So we should talk about Michelle Yeoh uh, in Fearless. Uh, what did you think of Michelle Yeoh in her roughly twenty seconds of screen time? <laughs> Um, I'll sum it up in which you might even be using in one of your letterbox reviews, uh, which was that in this movie, you get to see Michelle Yeoh showcase her power dot, dot, dot point skills. Um, <laughs> uh, correct. I, uh, I did use that as letterbox review. So, uh, and actually it was going to be the last one to put a button on it all. Ah, uh, I ruined it all. But credit to cinema void for that one for, uh, for that on letterbox. <laughs> um, and yeah, really that's it. She's there. She's given a presentation. She says, and that's why we should, we should be in the Olympics. And then at the end, they're like, do you think you have enough votes? And she's like, history will tell. And she walks off down the, uh, the hallway. <laughs> And that's really kind of it. Um, yes. Do you know if Wushu is now in the Olympics? I don't know. I have no uh, idea. I have no idea if it is or not. <laughs> Maybe we should have looked that up. Yeah, she has that opening sequence that's tw- like 20 seconds, and it's just like it's a framing device to kind of lead yeah. you into the rest of the movie. And then you have that very final scene, uh, the post credits, uh, which I, I made sure to tell you about it because I knew you were going to miss it. Uh, oh, I would have absolutely shut this off. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I almost did too. Like I, I had finished the movie and I was like, wow, that was great. And I like went to its Wikipedia page and was kind of writing some stuff down. And then I saw like, oh, in a post credit scene, like, wait, what? Uh-huh. I had, to, had 
gonna d- go back. And it, even then, I was like, oh well, you know, it's probably just nothing, whatever. But then I was like, oh, Michelle Yeoh's in the scene. I guess I gotta watch. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, in the post credit scene, somebody like is just walking with her in a hallway, and she like kind of smiles and is like, oh, we'll see what happens. And then that's it. Uh, that's, that's all she does. So you know, I, I think Michelle Yeoh's role in this is more just like Jet Li is a friend of mine. Yen Wu Ping is a friend of mine. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll be in this for twenty seconds. But it, I mean, I guess it is it is like you know obviously has the framing device. But she, if I remember right, she's talking about the kind of um, you know the ultimate uh, ideals of wushu. She's saying it's not for like blood and and violence. It's what I forget exactly what she's talking. about. she's talking about like the ideals of wushu and how it's more of sport and it's like you said you learn this defense so you don't have to use it. You have this power and you don't have to abuse people with it and all this stuff. Right. So she's kind of you know lay, laying the breadcrumbs for where. Uh, Jet Li's character will ultimately end up in the legacy he leaves behind. Yes, yeah, uh, she, but she is just laying out. Yeah, she she is laying out the thematic territory that the movie's going to go through that throughout the next two hours and twenty minutes. Uh, I do think it's an unnecessary framing device. Like, Absolutely, you know, it's one of those things where if Michelle Yeoh wasn't in it, I would be like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it, it just feels like okay, yeah, we, uh, and it, it feels like I, I guess the entire movie is just Michelle Yeoh's PowerPoint presentation, right? Like it, it's that's kind of what it, I guess so. Yeah, that's what it's implied. Like she's like, all right, and he, like Wushu has a very long history, and then we go to a flashback one hundred years earlier. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then another flashback. Yes, uh, yeah, we have like a hundred years earlier, and then it's like you know you see Jet Li on a boat and just like you know looking sad, and somebody like takes money from him, uh, and then it's like, well, how did he get there? Ten years earlier. <laughs> Like, yeah, and then he's a child, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to cover in this movie. And uh, and it does cover it, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so Michelle Yeoh, again, she's totally fine in the movie. It's just like she's she's barely in it. Uh, yeah. And it, it totally makes sense. We're like, if they, if they were going to cut stuff for the theatrical cut, that's the first thing to go. That's the, the first 30 <laughs> seconds I'd cut, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you think this fits into the Michelle Yeoh roles that we've seen so far, Mike? I guess Messy Temple. Uh, that would be the one, you know, it's, it's yeah. Michelle Yeoh making a quick cameo that kind of is like people to have viewers be like, Oh, Hey, that's Michelle Yeoh. And otherwise that's it. Even, even too much midnight express. It's too, she's in too much of that movie. Uh, oh, moonlight express. Moonlight, moonlight express. express. Yeah. Yes. I do that every time <laughs> the new magnificent majestic warriors, or whatever I used to call that movie. <laughs> um, I think, I think thematically the, the movie itself though, like excluding the Michelle Yeoh or whatever, Parts uh, obviously fits into the Tai Chi Master and uh, Wing Chun, but I thought a lot about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like structure wise, like that. That was the other movie that we talked about in that episode. Is like, oh my god, this is a crazy sprawling epic that has this rural love story shoved into the middle of it. Uh, yes, and all this crazy stuff, but it's it's like about four people, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. and, and this is also the same thing as that. Where it's like it's really just about these the core group of people, Deadly's character, and like his couple friends and disciples or whatever, and their their story. But it covers forty years or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's run the movie down, scene by scene. Let's uh, let's talk about Fearless. And I think uh, you know, again, because Michelle Yeoh is not in the movie, really, we can yeah. kind of just go through it a little bit quicker than usual. In any case, high recommend. Like we, I think we both think that this movie rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the uh, director's cut. Yeah, I, I can't speak to the theatrical cut. Um, it sounds like it's less good than the director's cut. So I would recommend the director's cut. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, there you go. So yeah, the movie opens with Michelle Yeoh doing her little presentation. She wants to make wushu and Olympic sports. And then, uh, she uh, is talking about, uh, you know, how it's about averting conflict, all that kind of stuff. And then we flash back to a hundred years ago. We see Jet Li on the ship and then we see an- another flashback 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then we see, uh, this, uh, temple where people are training in wushu and we see this kid watching it. The kid watching it is Jet Li. Yeah, and I love there's a there's a really good reveal here where the guy, uh, who I guess we find out is his father, training in the courtyard, and he's like standing on kid is standing on somebody's shoulder to yeah. like watch through the fence over the fence, and the guy like uh, punches a stone bench, you know? Oh yes, and yeah. then it, he walks away, and then the kid goes in and he like picks up the blanket off the stone bench that the guy left, and then it falls apart. Yeah, the whole like, thing shatters. Yeah, you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> it was real good. It was pretty cool. I uh, love that. Yeah, and it's also been, uh, I think, a recurring thing uh, for some of the movies in this podcast where there's a lot of kids watching uh, martial arts that they're not supposed to be watching and like wanting to yeah. train it. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about that. That I, I guess is supposed to be like you know a forbidden knowledge, or you're not, you haven't earned the right to to watch this yet. Like you know, right. it's kind of these secluded temples and schools and stuff. And yeah, it's always about the kid that is trying to 
peek over the fence or whatever, wants to, wants to know the knowledge he's not allowed to have. Yeah, exactly. That was in Tai Chi Master, and it is here in Fearless. Uh, but yeah, so he's not allowed to learn martial arts, uh, but he is training on his own. His uh, best pal um, is doing his homework for him, yep. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of getting their dynamic pretty early on where, like, he just wants to fight. He wants to be a martial artist. And this kid's like a nerd who wants to do his homework. <laughs> yeah, he's doing his homework for him. And he, he steals, like, his father's forbidden manuals and makes his friend copy them so he can learn the, the maneuvers and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. That was that was a pretty great bit of drama. I was really hoping for another moment where, like, the camera would, like, go behind a pillar and they'd become adults, uh, <laughs> like in Tai Chi Master. Um, not quite, though. It's a really cool shot in Tai Chi Master in case really we haven't mentioned that before. <laughs> Um, all right. So, yeah, so he's not allowed. Uh, there's a moment where he's like kind of looking at all his dad's awards, right? Cause he's, he looks up to his dad and is like, wow, my dad's such a great martial artist. He's one of the best and he's, he's going to become like the champion of this village and all that kind of stuff. And so he's looking at his dad's award and then, uh, we go see his dad fight. You know, the kid is cheering him out in the crowd and this bully kid is also in the crowd and his dad is the one that, uh, Jet Li's dad is fighting. Yeah. And it's, it seems like the, the, the like awards and stuff are like life and death waivers or something, right? Like they sign an agreement that we may die in this combat. And yes. like, that's okay. Kind of thing. So like, there's that added dramatic element that like they might die at any moment, which I think is the, the thing that makes Jet Li's dad ultimately lose the fight. Right. It's like, he's doing this, this like extermination punch or whatever and stops himself and ultimately loses because he doesn't kill that guy. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, and that is the thing that, uh, you know, it's that hard learn, harder lesson that Jet Li has throughout the movie. But he's watching his dad and he's watching his dad fight his bully's dad and his bully is yelling it like he's making fun of him. He's like, your dad's not going to beat my dad, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so this fight is happening between the two dads. Jet Li's dad stops himself from killing the guy. Yeah. Uh, and and it is seen as like this moment of weakness. And uh, Jet Li, like young Jet Li is like, well, why, what did you do this for? I, like, I, I thought you were incredible. And like his world has been shattered because his dad didn't win. Even even when he becomes an adult in that middle section, he goes to his dad's grave and says something like, even though you weren't strong enough to complete the fight, like, you know, like he he still doesn't recognize the like restraint and, and like maturity that his father showed in that moment. Right. Uh, just be like, you know, it's all about the violence and the strength and being the best. That's all that matters to him. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so after his dad loses, uh, the bully kid challenges Yunja, and so the kids fight, and so they they have their own fight, and Yunja loses the fight. Yes, gets his ass kicks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, and his dad is telling him he doesn't want him to fight. He fights, you know, for his own his own honor, his own family, and stuff. But he wants Yunja to focus on his studies. He wants him to be a scholar, right? Because he comes back with his uh, you know bloody nose and black eye and all that. Yeah. Um, his mom saves him, I think. Right. His, his mom saves him from like punishment from his dad, but she goes to talk to him afterwards. And uh, the mom uh, is basically get, kind of giving him like the lesson now that he has to then basically like he's going to ignore, but then have to learn over the course of the movie, uh, which is that, you know, Wushu is not for revenge or fear. You know, it's it's more for inner peace. Uh, and he's just like, Psh, whatever, right? His <laughs> copy is Confucius or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. And so then he, uh, he goes to fight the bully again. He, he trains in Wushu and he's like, you know, becoming better at it. And then yeah. he goes to fight the bully again. This time he wins. Yeah. And he even draws up one of those like contract waiver things or whatever. Yes. Uh, and makes the kid sign it. And that's when he, he beats him and he tells him, you know, like, oh, keep your dirty Wushu out of my city. I forget what the <laughs> name, you know, your style out of here, basically. Yes. Uh, the hubris that he'll have. For the first act, I guess. For the first act of this movie, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then basically after this, you cut to an adult Yunja. Um, and so you, like after this, after he beats the bully, you see him now as an adult, uh, and it's Jet Li as the character, and he has a daughter now. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really like weird, like, you know, his mom mentions like, oh, you know, since your wife died, don't you want to go and, you know, get married again or whatever? He's like, oh, I don't have time. And that's like the only mention of his wife ever. Ever, yeah. Ever in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very strange. Very interesting. A little bit weird. But uh, yeah, so she's asking him if you want to marry again. But he's like, I don't have time. But he loves his daughter and he's trying to do the best for her. Uh, and yeah, he's seeking to be the greatest, the champion of Tianjin. Uh, and the year right now is 1900. Uh, and so he's going in for the tournament. And uh, the bully has also grown up. Yes, uh, that's right. Which makes sense. You know, time has passed. Yes. Uh, and so the bully is like on a platform, like in the distance being like, I'm going to beat you this time. <laughs> That was my favorite part, right? So, like, they, when they start in the, the when he's a kid and his father is fighting, it's like a stone stage that's like, you know, two or three feet high. Yeah. 
Uh, but now when, when he's fighting, it's wooden platforms, st- two or three stories tall that you yeah. have to climb like posts and run along them and stuff to get up. It's like a, a physical feat, even to get up on the platform and not die. Yep. Wonderful. Yes, very, very good. And so we have the first Jet Li fight in this movie uh, with Jet Li versus his former bully. Uh, and he's they're fighting on this platform, and it's an incredible sequence. I mean, Young Ping's yeah. choreography is so, so good here, and Jet Li's just an incredible action action star. Uh, and so, yeah, he's beating up the bully. He is breaking his hands. He's knocking him off the platform. He almost kills him. Yeah, he knocks him off all the way off the platform, and he uh, – Lands pretty hard, and you're like, oh, he for sure killed that dude. Yeah. Um, and then he gets up, and he's just like, humph, and he like walks away. Like He's yes. just mad he failed. Um, yeah, we never see that guy again, I don't think. No, he walks out of the movie. <laughs> but yeah, but it kind of like, you know, announces to the audience and to the characters in this movie that like, oh, Yunja is like, pretty intense now like yeah he's like he's taking no prisoners he is like ready to kill people if he needs to and all that kind of stuff and so he beats his bully and then when he goes back home or he's going back to the restaurant uh which now his best friend uh jinsun uh he owns a restaurant now like he's he, he's right. become a businessman and uh it's become a very prosperous uh, restaurant in town uh and everybody kind of goes there for like yunja's celebration and when they're there uh two guys show up who want to be yunja's disciples because they saw him fight Yes, they want to join the temple and learn his wushu, and they're like, deal, and you know, or whatever. They have like a toast they all say, and they drink their drinks, and uh, they're part yeah. of the family now. Yeah, that's all it takes. Uh, and so, yeah, they're part of the family, uh, and then, yeah, they, they after this, uh, you have this fighting montage where uh, Yunja is just like destroying people left and right. I think this is the moment where you mentioned earlier where like he's like, oh, this is taking too long. Everybody who wants to fight, just come up here at once. And so everybody, like 30 guys come up and Yunja beats them all. Yeah, he beats them all at the same time. It's pretty great. So you have this fighting montage uh, and then you have this uh, huge group that then shows up at the restaurant being like, we all want to be your disciples. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he lets him in, of course. And I don't remember if it's here. I think it's later on. The best friend is like, uh, and he's like looking through all the bills that he hasn't paid yet. Yeah. Because he keeps being like, they're on me. All the drinks are on me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, that and then that becomes a recurring thing where it's like, oh, you're, you're seriously in debt, man. Like, you yeah. don't have any money. All, all these people are now Yunja's disciples, uh, but there is still one left to beat, and that is Master Chin. Uh, and, he, and he becomes like a rival to Yunja. Yeah. There's one moment in this where I was like, is this about to be like, a full scale like gang battle where like it's it's the 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 two guys walking with their disciples down the street and they end up next to each other and there's like this thing with the coffins back and forth and stuff yeah they kind of like, like pushing the coffin at each other yeah but I was like fully ready for it to just erupt into like a hundred person street fight uh, and it doesn't go there but I was like. So far, this movie feels like that might happen. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, you have this kind of coffin uh, confrontation. You see uh, Jet Li training his disciples. And, you know, I, it seems like that confrontation's really gotten to him. He's like yelling at them, like, why don't you do what you're supposed to do? And all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we discover that one of his disciples has been beaten by Master Chin. Yes, that's right. They, uh, they bring him in on like a stretcher or whatever. And he's all, yeah, it's like Master Chin did this to me. And he's like all bloody and like broken. And you find out later why Master Chin did this. But at this moment, it seems like it was an unprovoked attack that Master Chin just wanted to hurt Yunja by destroying one of his disciples. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, because he uses his Wushu for the dark side, uh, he storms into town to the restaurant uh, and confronts Master Chin. Yeah, and uh, Jinsun, his best friend, tries to, uh, you know, dissuade him from that because, you know, Master Chin is there at the restaurant. He's celebrating, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Jinsun, like, breaks off the friendship. He's like, I'm not friends with you anymore. You owe yeah. me so much money, and you're you're going insane. <laughs> and then one of the coolest fights in the whole movie starts. Somehow both have swords. I don't really, I think I missed how they had swords. They just square up in the restaurant, and uh, it's fucking epic. Yeah, it's it's Jet Li versus Master Chin. Everybody has like evacuated, but the two of them. Uh, and yeah, it's a huge sword fight that leads into a hand to hand combat. Uh, there's a moment where like Jet Li cuts Master Chin's head, and like just like there's blood like from the center of his forehead coming down. Yeah, and, it's cool. Uh, it's it's great. They're destroying everything. They're you know, and it's raining outside too. So every time they come out, like it's just you know drenched in rain. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then. Yunja wins and he kills Master Chin. Kills Master Chin, yeah. And they they end up in like the um the like wine room or whatever, and they're just like smashing clay pots of sake and wine and everything on each other. Yeah. Uh it's fucking cool as hell. Yeah, and then he kills him and um that's kind of the, the beginning of the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like as soon as he goes home, he discovers that his mother and his daughter have been killed. Right. Like his his temple has been like ransacked and assaulted because he killed Master Chin. 
Yeah, he killed Master Chin, and so uh, his disciples, I believe, took it like you know took their revenge, and they killed his mother, they killed his daughter, uh, and then the uh, the murderer of his mother and daughter killed himself uh, before Yunja could kill him. So Yunja's vengeance will go unrequited. Yes, he doesn't even get that. Um, <laughs> but then he goes to Master Chin's home or funeral or something, right? And he's like going to kill his wife and daughter, but has a moment of clarity and drops the sword and runs away. Right. Yes. He, he does that. Uh, and then the student, like, so now, now he's lost everything. Like he does, right. he has no home. His mother and daughter have died. And then one of his, his students come up to him and be like, listen, the, the guy that master chin beat up, um, he was insulting master chin's wife. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out just like one final twist of the knife for Yunja as like his life is falling apart. Like he didn't have to kill master chin. At all. Yeah. Didn't need to do that at all. And then, um, yeah, he just kind of like walks off in a catatonic state, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. And then at that point, this is when we kind of get back to the the first flashback that we saw where he's on the boat. Right. We've caught up to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and that kind of takes you through the first hour of the movie, which, like I said, is like, the, like, this is my favorite stretch of the movie. It's just so good. It's so huge and op- like it feels operatic you know it yeah. just feels like you know high melodrama but uh, you know in, like these incredibly brutal fight scenes and just great stuff all around yeah i did i did also like the farm stuff though i think so did i i mean i, I liked the rest of it but in the first hour i was just like man i was locked in yeah for sure yeah that makes sense but yeah so uh, basically from here we're getting to the farm stuff uh yeah so uh, uh so we're on the boat and uh we yinja is discovered by this farming like this farming village right and they kind of nurse him back to health uh there's a girl there who's nice to him and they start to have kind of a connection that uh starts to uh, form she washes his hair at some point and that's nice that's nice yeah, uh, and Yunja uh, gets frequently compared uh, to an ox. There is an ox there that is dying, um, but they kind of look at look at Yunja and look at the ox in the same way, and how they it, like he looks to the ox as like, oh, like despite the fact that uh, you know it has barely any energy left, it still wants to help this village in any way it can, and it asks nothing in return, and it it becomes like a big like you know a mental clarity thing for him. Yeah, and he. Um I think they call him Ox also on top of yeah, all that. That becomes his name over there, yeah. Yeah, realizes that he needs to stop, you know, languishing in his pity, self-pity and, and guilt and all that and, and, and rebuild his life. And uh, he just becomes a member of the farm family, you know? Yeah. I don't know, it's him planting rice and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very nice. And, you know, he bonds with the Ox. Huang is the, uh, the Ox's yes. name, right? And uh, he's bonding with it. Uh, and then uh, at this point, you know, time passes uh, and Huang, Huang the ox dies. Yes. Sad, sad times, you know? Yeah, no, everybody is pretty upset about it. No no one more so than Gui, who is this kid who lives in the village, uh, yes. who really misses Huang the ox, like was really upset to find out that Huang was dying. Gui goes to steal an ox from another village and instead gets captured. Yes, they caught him. Yes, uh, they, they caught him and the village is like torturing him. They're like, you know, they they're trying to you know, they, they want to take their revenge on this kid for trying to like to disrespect them and steal their rocks. Uh, and so the entire farming village like goes out to help Gui uh, and Yunja must fight once again, despite the fact that he has not fought in years at this point. Yes. Uh, to save Gui. Yeah, they have like a thing where uh, a tradition where there's like an incense stick. And as long as the insects incense is burning, they can like punish the kid and they're like hitting him with sticks and doing all that stuff. And that's where Jet Li's character like, you know, realizes that he's the great, one of the greatest fighters of all time. (laughs) And he's like, I could run these guys in circles for as long as this incense stick lasts. Uh, And he's kind of, you know, pushed into that position uh, and ends up, you know, Right. Challenging he, them to a fight, but sort of not really, but kind of sort of, you know. Yeah. Well, at first, I think he's just trying, like, he still feels like is in that kind of like self punishing mode. And he's yeah. like, you know, I, yeah, let them punish me. I will take the punishment. Uh, or, you know, he'll say he can fight me, but he's not fighting back at first. That's right. Uh, I forgot you know, about that, and yeah. that's the thing. So he's like, he's like just letting them hit him and, you know, he's getting back up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I believe the, uh, the mother in the village tells him like, I, I know you're trying to punish yourself, but don't, you must like learn to move on. And that kind of gives him the strength to like, okay, I can fight these guys now. <laughs> I can fight back now. Yeah. Uh, and he just whoops their asses. Yes. Yes, he does. And it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then the incense is over and he saved the kid. He did yeah. it. Yeah. 
Incense burns out. They release Gui. Yeah, Yunja has really become like you know a full fledged member of this village. There's a scene where um, he and uh, the girl that he likes are hanging out with all the kids in the village, and they're they're all like, "Oh, would you teach us martial arts? Like we want to learn." He, and then he asks them, "Well, why do you want to learn martial arts?" And right. one kid's like, "So I could stop bullies." And one kid's like, "So everybody will fear me." And then he's like. Well, then you see, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not the reason you would learn this thing. <laughs> According to Michelle Yeoh an hour and a half ago, yes. that is not the reason to know Wuju. <laughs> uh, but it's it's good to hear him say that because it's like very clear that like, oh, the, the message that his mom was trying to give him when he was a child has finally sunk in. <laughs> yeah, it finally landed. <laughs> he just had to experience the loss of everything in his life in order to get there. <laughs> yes, correct. This moment too, where he's like planting rice, and he like looks back at the other guys that are planting rice with him, mm. and he's just like, "Pasha!" And he like takes all of it out of the basket, and he's just like, push, push, and he's just like going as fast as he possibly can because he's this guy. And then there's that one moment where like the breeze comes through, and like everybody stops and stands up and just kind of like feels the wind and the the air, and like. Yeah. Takes that moment in, and then, of course, to show his further growth later on, he's one of the people standing there with, when yes. the breeze comes through. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting detail. I like that. Yeah, very nice. Uh, absolutely. And so af- after all this, yeah, Yunja has been on the farm for a long time now, uh, and he comes up to uh, the woman that he likes, and uh, I, I'm completely blanking what her name is, uh, but he tells her that he wants to go visit his parents' graves. Yeah, well, she says it to him first, right? And he's like... And he has this moment where he's like, ding. Like he kind of has that moment where he's like, huh, maybe I should do that. Um, yes. And yeah. And then it's kind of a heartbreaking moment where she's like, I knew you were going to leave eventually. Like you knew yes. it was happening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she, so he's leaving. He says that one day he will come back. He does. Yes. He does intend to uh, fully come back. And true. I mean, he never actually does in the movie. Or does um, he? Well, uh, <laughs> I think the poison may have put a stop to that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, at, at the very end of the movie, like, you know, what, before he dies, he say, or before the tournament happens, I think he's saying to uh, Jensen that, uh, you know, I, after this, I'm going to leave and uh, you are going to run the school and I'm going to return to my life in the farm uh, with the woman that I love. She sees with her heart and there he is. Yes. The end. We can skip the rest of the movie. We did it. We got to the end. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, basically, yeah, at this point, um, you know, he leaves the farm, he, uh, goes back to his old village. Uh, and at this point it's the late King dynasty. There's a, there's a moment, like a really abrupt thing where like suddenly you're seeing footage from like his, like historical yeah. footage that just like, like jumps in there. I think it's world war one footage. I, I think even, it is. Yeah. yeah. It, that, that would make sense. Like for the time frame of this. Yeah. Uh, just newsreel footage out of nowhere. Yeah, um, yeah, the late Qing Dynasty, and you're getting that like, kind of information. That, like, oh, Tianjin is actually pretty colonized now. Um, like, ver- various countries have come in and like colonized this area. So it's no longer the uh, kind of idyllic village he once was familiar with. Uh, exactly. There's people here now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of his culture has been fragmented in different places right. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, once he gets there, he runs into like the kind of the crazy bum that he that was there earlier. Yeah, uh, who's like, ah, oh, Yunja, he's gonna be the champion. Yeah, and. Yeah, once he's, and so that guy's still there. <laughs> that guy's still there, and he kind of blows up his spot, right? Because he does that same thing. Uh, yes. In the main thoroughfare where everyone, uh, he, nobody knows he's back yet until that beggar guy like starts screaming the same thing. Oh, Young Jaw's going to be champion. Yep. And everyone's like, huh? And like they'll turn and realize <laughs> that he's back. And then does he immediately get signed up for fights? I don't remember exactly. Uh, well, first he returns to his house. Uh, yes, and that's right. Li- and Lai, kind of the uh, the caretaker, is still there. Still there, yeah. Um, and, you know, he tells him that, uh, you know, I, I never thought you were coming back, but, uh, you know, I, I was able to keep the house, but we did lose almost everything. Like, right. I, all the possessions in the house are gone. Uh, but Jinson actually sent money to the house to kind of keep us afloat. Yeah, what a nice guy. Yeah, good, good um, old Jinson. Good old Jinson. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, they go into that, like, trophy room or whatever, and he pulls all the things down and burns them all right if yes I right yeah yeah he burns the awards i think his father's awards and his own awards um, yeah and he, and he kind of has this revelation now is like my father was the true champion of tianjin like he he realizes now like you know his father really understood wushu and like really right. like was at peace with himself uh and you know it took him this long to see it he goes to apologize to mrs chin uh and her and her daughter yeah um for killing master chin um so that that's part of it too and i don't think you actually see the apology you just see him kind of come up and like go to their door and like greet them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you see what they say, but then they show up at the end of the final tournament. Like they're there That's in the true. audience to watch. So 
There was some forgiveness, I guess. I guess so, yeah. At this point, uh, a couple he runs into a couple of his old disciples. They're like bouncers at a club now. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. All we can do is fight. Uh, and th- at this point, we see like a newspaper clipping. Uh, Hercules O'Brien, uh, this uh, American boxer, uh, is challenging all Chinese fighters. Like he, yes. he, you know, come one, come all, I will beat them all kind of thing, right? And it's like this big like, you know, grandstanding epic spectacle that like he's going to defeat anybody and he's doing it like in Shanghai. Uh, and it's like it meant to embarrass the Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's like a literal circus high, big top tent thing they're in. And like, yep. You know, and yeah, I thought this fight was actually really good too. Uh, yeah. Obviously. All, all the fights are terrific. Um, yeah. And so basically to get to this fight, uh, Yunjin apologizes to Jensen. Uh, and he kind of sends Yunjun to go to this fight. It's like, I know you can beat this guy. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they go they go there. It's 1909. He fights him, and uh, they, they ask him to sign a death waiver, and he says no. Yes. He's not, yeah. not going to sign the death waiver because he believes that uh, there should be no death in these fights. Right. There should be, uh, like, honor and, and humility and something like that. Um, and then the guy, the, like, ringleader dude, like, uses the – the fact that they don't speak the same language because then Hercules O'Brien is like, what did he say? He's like, he said he wants to kick your ass. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> so he comes out swinging big, you know? He does, yeah. And of course, as we mentioned before, this is uh, Immortan Joe's son from Mad Max Fury Road, the yes. big guy. I had a baby brother! <laughs> That guy. <laughs> and he was perfect. Uh, and so it's super fun to see him in this. Uh, he's he's a huge dude. Yeah, he's a big guy. And I, the whole time I was like, what do I know him from? Like, Yep. <laughs> he's not Derek Mears. Who is this guy? Yes, exactly. Uh, apparently, he's also going to be in Furioso, which I'm pretty excited about. Cool. Yeah, pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, so Yunja wins. He beats Hercules. Uh, and there's a moment where he he actually saves Hercules from dying. Yeah. Uh, so he like kicks him out of the ring and like his head's about to hit like a spike or something that's like right outside. Yeah. Uh, and some like and, nails or some shit. Yeah. And so, and so he like kind of uses his foot to stop him from falling. Yeah. He uh, catches him. And, uh, and then there's that moment where they kind of like look at each other and then Hercules like grabs his arm and is like, ah, like we went together, you know? Yes. Yeah. You're the winner. Good. And you're out. Like he's pretty excited about it. Every, every fighter that he encounters is like really excited to lose to him. Yeah. It's kind of like, this is what pure Wushu was about, you know? Like, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, he beats Hercules O'Brien. He starts making headlines and this is when he starts, uh, his sports federation and, uh, he starts recruiting people in the country. Uh, Jensen arrives. Yinja's, uh, no longer drinks, which is a kind of a big thing for for him because Parsh, back then uh, in his older days, uh, like it seemed like anybody who could drink with him was a disciple, right? Like it right. was like, you know, he realized that was a bad thing for him. And yeah, they agree to start this, this like sports training federation thing. Yeah. Jensen uh, abandons the restaurant. He's like, you know, it was great, but this is like, you have a vision and I want to, you know, follow through on this. Yeah. Uh, so they, they start the federation and it's 1910. Now you see this picture of uh, Yinja and Jensen kind of in the front with all their students. And then we see uh, the colonizers are all gathering together in a big evil colonizer meeting. <laughs> mustaches and cigars and pipes. Uh, and they're all twirling and laughing. They're playing poker together or whatever. And they agree to, um, Fix a tournament to to solve the problem they have. Yes, yeah. Yunja is creating too much spirit among the people. You know, yeah, he needs right. to be stopped, right? And so uh, Mr. Mita from Japan is saying, like, well, why don't we do this? We can create this tournament where we each bring, you know, the four of us bring our four greatest fighters, and, you know, he will have to fight all of them. And by the end, he will die. And, that, and that'll be the end of that. And wh- when they were describing it, I thought what he meant was he would have to fight all four at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely what I thought too, yeah. <laughs> and that's not actually what it is. He's doing them one at a time, um, <laughs> which is still really good. Uh, but it would have been cool to see him like facing off against like a boxer, a fencer, like a martial artist, like all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> We're right. <in> neat. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so they're kind of crafting this uh, this whole tournament and each one's going to bring their own kind of specialized fighter. And after this, uh, so uh, and this is when Yunja tells Jensen, after this, I'm going to go visit Moon is the character's name, actually, the girl that he likes. Right. Um, G- uh, Moon and Grandma, I'm going to go visit them and probably stay there. And you're going to head the Federation. And that's when he meets Tanaka. And uh, they have like um, tea together, I think. And then that's where Tanaka is asking him, like, you know, what's the... In your opinion, what's the greatest style of wushu or whatever? And, and he yeah. says, like, there is no no style that's better. And they have this kind of philosophical discussion about the skill level or something, I think. And they have the, the real battle is within rather than your opponent and all that yeah. stuff. And Tanaka is sort of like, 
hmm, I respect this man, you know? Yes. <laughs> kind of. Uh, but it's a really interesting conversation. I really liked it. Yeah, absolutely. And Tanaka, of course, is meant to be like, you know, he's his opponent. The, the Japanese opponent is going to be part of this tournament that is meant to destroy Yinja. Right. Uh, and Tanaka, I think, realizes that. And he's like, I, I don't like being a pawn in this game. Yeah, I think that's at the tournament where he's talking to... Um, to Mr. Mita. Mr. Mita. And he's saying, like, four on one is not... Like, this isn't fair. Like, what do you, what's the real plan here? Uh, and Mr. Mita's just like, ha ha, don't worry about it. Tut tut. <laughs> and he like taps his cane and walks away, you know, <laughs> throws a smoke bomb and disappears. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so, yeah, so we're at the fight arena. And basically, we have sort of a montage here of these various rounds of the fight uh, that Yunja has to do. Uh, and so the first round, it's uh, Yunja versus a British boxer, uh, Peter Smith. Uh, Yunja wins. It's pretty cool. It's no Hercules O'Brien. He's no Hercules O'Brien, for sure. Uh, and then in the second round, uh, he's fighting uh, a Belgian lancer. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so they're like using spears and the, all that kind of stuff. Yunja wins. It's pretty cool. Real fucking cool. Uh, round three, he's fighting uh, the Spanish fenching champion. Yunja wins. It's pretty cool. Pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it's fun uh, that that guy was like a stunt trainer, coordinator dude or whatever you said. Yes, yeah. Uh, like I said, he trained uh, Michelle Pfeiffer how to use a whip in Batman Returns. Also trained Harrison Ford on how to use his whip in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Oh, look at that. Yeah, not not the original three, but the fourth one. <laughs> you know, That's cool. He, he was out of practice. It came it came out so much later than those other movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, kind of a cool thing. And also he is in Roadhouse. He fights Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Wild. So pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, so he has those first three rounds uh, and he wins them all pretty easily like he, he's still he's the greatest at what he does and all of his opponents are like that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then we finally get to the fourth round the final round of this fight where he's fighting tanaka when he goes up there when tanaka goes up there he says to yunja listen man you've been fighting a lot today do you want to reschedule <laughs> like yeah you have it's, it's perfectly normal to want to reschedule like yeah but yunja doesn't he he says uh we, we have to fight we're already here <laughs> let's do it <laughs> <laughs> I already kicked three guys' asses. Why not four? Exactly. Uh, and so they fight, and uh, it, the fight the fight is it's really cool. And uh, it's Jet Li versus Sanaka, and the two of them are you know going back and forth, and they're pretty evenly matched. Uh, but it does seem like Yunja does have the upper hand. Yeah, I mean, I love that first section of the fight where it's um, Tanaka with the samurai sword, Yunja with the whatever that I don't know what that weapon is called. Oh yes, yes, with the three and- bars kind of. Um, right. Yeah. And then at one point, like they, they accidentally swap weapons. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> young John just manufactures a moment where he can, they can swap weapons. Uh, yes. and it's cool as hell. It just totally embarrasses Tanaka. Um, yes. But, but then like after that happens, he like, they stop and he like offers the sword back and they like switch weapons back. Uh, yep. but yeah, it's so cool. That first, that first half of the fight before he becomes poisoned, you know? Yes, uh, yes. So basically, you have this first half of the fight, and then Mita uh, goes to Yunja's tea and swaps it out during the fight. And the round is a draw. Like the, yes. the round in the fight is a draw, and they prepare for hand to hand combat. And so when like Yunja goes to take his break, he drinks the tea, and then the fight starts, and he starts throwing up. Starts throwing up. Starts puking blood. Yeah. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. Not a, not a good sign at all. <laughs> no. Uh, and his vision goes all blurry. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot like the story of when what Moon told him about when how she lost her sight as a child and all right must see with your heart and all that stuff you know even then but tanaka i think like at one like gets on his knees and is like i refuse to fight you now or something yeah, well, right tanaka stops the fight he uh he's like i, I don't want to do this right and uh you know he's throwing up blood uh and it's very clear yunja is dying and he knows he's dying he's like yeah. oh the tea has been poisoned there's toxin in my blood you know i think somebody like is looking for mita and he's nowhere to be found i think jinsen is like you know we, we will get vengeance we will we will find the one who did this to you and yunja's like no don't get revenge uh, revenge only, you know, yeah. makes things worse, right? Basically, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he stands up, and uh, yeah, his friends start staying, start chanting something. I forget exactly, like "Stay strong" or something like that. Uh, or, or they're chanting his name, maybe. Um, yeah, they start chanting something, and it's the whole place chanting, and he's just yes. like channels the power to get yes. back up there. He says the competition must continue, and Tanaka's like, "I don't want to fight you, but if you're going to make me, I'm not going to hold back." Yeah, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so Yunjai returns to the fight. He continues to fight Tanaka. Yeah, the crowd's chanting for him. They fight. He finally falls, and it seems like he's about to die. Uh, and then Tanaka lifts him up, like raises his hand, and just like gets him back up. Uh, and he declares that Yunjai is the winner of the fight. Yeah, well, because so so there's the moment we forgot to talk about when he killed Mr. Master Chin. 
Because how he kills him is like basically like the five finger death punch thing. Yeah. He punches him through the chest. Uh, and like basically when he is fighting Tanaka, he goes to do that, but doesn't turn his fist the way he did when he yes. killed Master Chin. And Tanaka seems to recognize that. That yes. like he doesn't turn his hand and then collapses. Uh, and it seems like that's why Tanaka recognizes he w- he was going to kill me. He would have yeah. killed me, but chose not to. Yes, he uh, won the fight for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was part of that, like, you know, that respect these two have for each other. Yes. Um, and yeah, he declares uh, Yingja the, the winner and then finds Mr. Bita and, like, slaps him or something. I yeah. forget what he does. Like, throws Bita's him like, against the wall. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, he won that fight. I would, like, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like Rocky. But, yeah, so there, there it is. I mean, that's pretty much Fearless. After that, uh, you have this uh, kind of vision of Yunja in the field. You see Moon there, right? Uh, right? And you see him kind of just doing the wi- the wind-waving thing, right? Yeah, doing doing his uh, you know maneuvers or whatever his forms, uh, and that's where Moon sees 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 him with her heart and like because they like kind of look at it, they like lock eyes and smile, yeah. and I think she says like you came back or something or something along those lines. Uh, so there's like an implication that she his spirit has come back to the farm. You know? Yes, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so yeah, and then you have kind of text on screen that tells you like Yunja died from poison. The sports federation is all over the world. It's in you know so many countries, however many it is. Uh, it kind of t- gives you a couple of like true facts, right. you know, things. Uh, and then the credits start rolling. And then we're like, where is Miss Yo? Come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the audience could not get enough. And so we got to get one more scene with Michelle Yo. Uh, and so you do have a mid credit scene where you have somebody walking up to Michelle Yo and being like, so do you think Wushu will be in the Olympics? And she's like, oh, we'll see what happens. And then she walks away. Yeah. Cut to more credits. Cut um, to more credits, yeah. Yeah, sure, whatever, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think the framing device is relatively inoffensive. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't need it here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we don't need this. Not not even a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, that is Fearless. Uh, Jet Li's Fearless. And uh, I think we both thought this movie rocked. It's It's terrific. Definitely, yeah. Definitely made me um, be more interested in Jet Li movies because I don't really know. Like, I don't think I've seen a whole lot of them. Obviously, the ones we watched, or or I guess Tai Chi Master, the one we watched, uh, sure for this pod, and some of the other ones that you mentioned at the beginning, like his American movies, Cradle um, to the Grave, Cradle to the Grave, uh, and probably War. If I'm being honest, um, sure. So yeah, definitely made me more appreciative. And I do have the Criterion uh, Once Upon a Time in China box set, so I do want to crack into those eventually. Nice. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that is Fearless, and uh, we got some letterbox reviews uh, for this movie, and then we can wrap this up so that Mike can go back to bed and uh, maybe have some soup or, or maybe. something. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely running out of steam after uh, three hours of podcasting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, here's a four-star review from More Badass. I actually watched Fearless twice in 24 hours. Uh, first watch was a theatrical version, which was decent, but felt like something was missing. Like the pacing and structure were oddly, uh, well, the pacing and structure were oddly rushed. Turns out a whole lot was missing and odd, not merely an entire 40 minutes excise, but also a ruthless shifting of scenes and truncating of dramatic context. The final act being sliced in half. So us Americans could enjoy an action filled opening is perhaps the worst offense. Uh, aside from its clunky modern day bookends, some Michelle Yeoh is better than no Michelle Yeoh, right? <laughs> we agree. Uh, Yeah, true. Uh, The director's cut of Fearless is exactly what I hoped for. What once felt like a haphazard outline becomes a complete journey. The arrogance, selfishness, growth, and redemption of Jet Li's Hunian Jia is far more pronounced with minor and major nuances in their proper place. The theatrical cut may have greater momentum, but that rush seemed artificial. The DC allows its protagonist's transformation to breathe and restores assorted setup for later contrast. One might imagine that restoring 40 minutes of footage would bloat the pace, but instead, the pacing settles into its natural rhythm. There are even more fights, including one that acts as a crucial milestone, and more violence that further sharpens the difference between the arrogant hue and the principled hue. Uh, whether a battle montage or extended elaborate duel, Yun Wu Ping's choreography is fierce and elegant, providing another stellar 2000 showcase for Jet Li. Grounded kung fu brawls with only a touch of wire work, each bolstering Fearless's central arc and reflecting its changing hero. You can trace a direct line from Once Upon a Time in China's epic period scope to Fist of Legends' honorable duels to this film's new millennium refresh of the Once Upon a Time template to It Man's popular success. I'm glad I was able to watch the director's cut because Fearless is a compelling odyssey of bone-crunching kung fu and historical drama that deserves to be seen in its fullest form. Now I get why you keep uh, going to that guy's reviews. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> solid pretty stuff. Good. Pretty good. Uh, here is a four-star review from Don't Hit Pause. 
I could watch Jet Li kick people's asses all damn day long, or at least for two hours and 21 minutes. Could have done with some Michelle Yeoh in this, though. I could watch her kick ass for just as long, if not longer. Yeah, agreed. Yes, yeah. It would have been nice if, like, one of the fighters was Michelle Yeoh. Just uh, throw it in there. It's all fictionalized anyway. You know, why not? (laughs) Yeah, why not? Uh, here's a one star, no, sorry, a four star review. I almost said it's a one star, uh, a four star review from Quint 75. Not only does fearless contain an absorbing story, but it pays homage to the art of wushu and other martial arts with a stunning fight choreography following martial arts legend, Hunyan Jia, Jet Li, who became the most famous fighter in all of China at the turn of the 20th century. Hugh faced incredible personal tragedy and was a bit of a dick, but was able to get his shit together eventually, not before causing the death of most of his family, but that's a small price to pay when one is forever defining the true spirit of martial arts. Okay. Okay. His self-discovery and the faces he punched inspired a nation. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, it's one more, which uh, you have already alluded to, Mike. A four-star review from Cinema Void. In the director's cut, you can watch Michelle Yeoh unleash all her power. Point skills. <laughs> <laughs> there it uh, is. Which is pretty perfect, uh, because, yeah, that's that's what she does in this movie. Uh, this movie is Michelle Yeoh's PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's going to be it for Fearless. Mike, uh, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MDFilmLog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you can do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, and if you want merch, we got merch. You can come to our uh, Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. Yes, it is. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike DeCrecio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W R K S, no O in the word works. Uh, you can find the arrest for podcasts in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Card on Twitter. Join us in the next week in the Complete Works uh, as Michelle Yeoh joins the vast ensemble of Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Oh, that's already happening. Let's that's go. already happening. We're jumping in, uh, which uh, I have seen, but it's been a real long time, uh, and I'm excited to uh, give it a revisit. Yeah, I hope you like it. I, I watched it last year for the first time and really, really dug it. So nice. Yeah, I, I am excited, uh, and this, I, and I think this kind of ushers in like a somewhat new era of Michelle Yeoh as well, yes. like where she's appearing more frequently in American films. Obviously we had memoirs of Geisha last year. Uh, a lot of them are kind of big blockbusters. You have the mummy three coming up. You have Babylon AD. Uh, so yeah, we got, we got some stuff coming. It's going to be fun. Yes, absolutely. So sunshine next week. And remember to check out our other podcast. Mike might go to the movies for all kinds of other movie related stuff, including recent releases, ranked list, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening guys. And thanks for taking it. Yo, yo,